Thank you for tuning into the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope, a United Methodist community. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We serve the Elgin, Illinois area and are located at the corner of Randall Road and Highland. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message. The first scripture is from the, Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 3, verses 1 to 9. Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready yet for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, Are you not mere human beings? What, after all, is Apollos, and what is Paul? Only servants, through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. The second reading is from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 5, verses 21 to 37. This is after Jesus had said that he came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it, and he spoke on several topics going beyond what the law said, on murder. You have heard it said that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled to them. Then, come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still together on the way or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny on adultery. You have heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body 
than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. On divorce, it has been said, anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality, makes her the victim of adultery, and anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery on oaths. Again, you have heard it said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is the footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. May God bless the reading, hearing, and understanding of his word. Amen. Thank you, Steve. So it's been said, uh, and you probably have heard, heard the uh, story multiple times, but uh, talking about, uh, you know, having blindfolds on, as Kimberly has, uh, has shared with us, uh, whether a group of people that were blindfolded and they were around this, uh, this large item, and they were trying to describe this item, and, and somebody was uh, trying to describe basically an, an elephant. Uh, and so one person would feel the trunk, and they said, man, that feels like a big tree. Or like a, yeah, an elephant is like a tree. And then the other one would, would grab its tail and, and it would say, no, 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 an elephant is more like a, it's like a rope. You know, a rope, that's what an elephant looks like. And the other one would, would feel the trunk or the ears. And, and they would have different ways of describing the elephant, but they were all describing the same thing. They had these different perceptions of what an elephant looked like. We all have different perceptions. We all have different views, sometimes different beliefs and other things. This is not new. This goes all the way back to what Paul was writing about. And so let's dive in a little bit here. Will you pray with me? Gracious and almighty God, God, we have come to hear your word and to, and to dis- discern what your meaning is and how we are supposed to live our lives. And so, God, I ask that that the words that I speak would no longer be my own, but that these words would be your words and your message for your people. All this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. We have differing beliefs, do we not? I mean, we think about it when we we all come to to this room together. No doubt we all differ on certain aspects of life. I mean, we probably come from family households from, from certain areas where, where the family doesn't all agree. Yes, I think there was a comment that's always made. There's two things you don't talk about at the Thanksgiving table, politics or religion. Certainly tells us that, that there are dividing lines in family dynamics as well. But we do. We have differences in beliefs. We have different political beliefs. 
We have differing relational beliefs. We have differing societal beliefs. And we most definitely have differences in beliefs when it comes to theology. Now, theology is just the study of God and the knowledge of God. And so we have these differing beliefs. I mean, you can really go back to, back to Paul, and you can hear that in his letter to the, to the Corinthians, telling them that, hey, there are differences here. You people don't believe the same thing. You're not doing all the same thing. Why are there so many differences between you? And then it didn't take long for us as a church to figure out that we didn't all believe in the same thing either because what was it Martin Luther decided to nail 99 things on the wall that said, Catholic Church, I don't believe in all of this stuff. And so we're leaving. And Martin Luther started the Protestant Reformation because of a difference in theological beliefs. A believing that that we are saved by faith and not by works. We have these differing beliefs that we all bring to the table. But John Wesley once said that we may not believe alike, but can we love alike? We may not all believe alike in this room, worshiping online. We may not all believe the exact same. But can we not love alike? What was the greatest command? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And so as as Jesus is talking about the law in in Matthew this morning, we're hearing these words where Jesus is actually extending the law. He's actually making it more difficult because he says, you've heard it said, but I tell you, because he's really talking about our intentions. He's talking about our heart. Talking about the heart because it's like, okay, you can't just commit the action because the action is one thing. But if you think it, if you put it in your heart and in your mind, you've already done it. It's that next step. But on the same hand, he comes back and he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Man, if you can do those two things, you don't have to worry about the rest. Because they were asking about those Ten Commandments, of all those things that we need to follow, and and should we follow all these laws? And, And he's right. If we can just love God with everything that we've got and love our neighbor as ourselves... We don't have to worry about all the other stuff because we are loving alike. We may not believe alike, but can we not love alike? I want to bring a couple of words from you, uh, to you from, uh, from our bishop because uh, some of you were here on Thursday night and you heard the bishop talk and uh, actually he gave this nice big long handout with all kinds of stuff in it uh, as well as a nice big long PowerPoint. Uh, but I just wanted to bring a couple of things uh, because I think it falls in line with what we're talking about today, about relationships. Uh, because what he, what he really drove home to me was, was that in every relationship, there is sameness. And in every relationship, there is difference. Every relationship. 
Think about the relationships that you have in your life. Every one of them has sameness and it has difference. We learn, as he said, from the difference. We need it. We need the diversity. And so here's, what, here's some of the things that he brought. Because his, his topic was he was trying to bring uh, identity of who the Northern Illinois Conference was, integrity within the conference in the churches, and imagination. Uh, and so really what, what I was focusing on here was the integrity part of who we are. Uh, and some of the points that he brought out was he brought out uh, the integrity and the wholeness making. He says we must reckon with our past. Uh, and he brought up three points. First Nation people and boarding schools. Man, I was so glad he brought that up. That is such a, an important topic here at Journey of Hope. Uh, and so that was his first point that he made in that. The second one was past partnerships and harm done to the Boy Scouts. We've had Boy Scouts here at Journey of Hope for years and years. And then finally, racial history of central conferences and colonialism. And we even talked about that. We had a whole series of love your neighbor and what does loving your neighbor mean, especially in light of Micah 6.8 of, of walking humbly with God, doing justice and loving mercy. What does that look like within the church? Within the Boy Scouts, he, he made a focus on this, uh, of talking about the, the settlement within the Boy Scouts and whether or not uh, all of you know kind of what's going on or you don't know. So let me it, it just in a very narrow nutshell. Uh, the Boy Scouts uh, are going through uh, bankruptcy proceedings uh, because of all of the, the abuse that happened within Boy Scouts. Now, here at Journey of Hope, we did not experience any of that. Uh, and so I want to commend all of our Boy Scout leaders for that uh, because there are churches within our conference that did have issues. Uh, we did not. However, with that being said, we're still a collective. We are the Northern Illinois Conference. Uh, and so part of what we are doing is we are working to, to help those that were affected by those abuses. Uh, and so with that being said, there is a, there's a certain number that, uh, that the Northern Illinois Conference is contributing uh, towards, a, uh, towards a victim's fund. That will help. And so the number that the bishop gave us was roughly 735,000 over three years that the Northern Illinois Conference, not one church, the whole conference will be offering into a victims fund to help them, to help the victims because we want to still be in relationship with them and to help them along. And so that is one of the big points that, that he wanted to bring out with that. Uh, the other piece that he brought out was, uh, was certainly a, a question that is on a lot of people's minds, and that is disaffiliation. We have not talked about it much here at, uh, at Journey, of, Journey of Hope. Uh, and really, the reason that we have not really talked about it that much was actually pointing back to our CAT survey. Uh, so some, most of you remember we took a, a congregational assessment tool where we actually took a, a kind of a, uh, an assessment of who we are and where we are. Uh, and within that assessment, there were certain questions that asked about this topic with, with regards to disaffiliation. When we received the results back, there was a question that was brought up during, our, during the, uh, the presentation of the results, and that was, what are we doing going forward? 
Should we be talking about this? Should we be addressing this? And, and Jay Johnson, our, uh, our person who is presenting to us, brought up a slide and, and showed us the slide of where we are belief-wise. Now, we are not all unified. I will tell you that, and, and that's what this slide taught us, was that we do not all believe alike. We're not all on the same page within this, within this particular topic. However, what it did tell us is that we weren't to a certain level because, it require, because dis- disaffiliation actually requires about a two-thirds vote. We were nowhere near that particular level that we would vote. So he says, don't even talk about it. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to work on making disciples. Do the work the church is supposed to do. Go out and tell people about Jesus Christ. Go out and, and help make these disciples. That's our mission. And so that's what we are focusing on. But I'm not, gonna, I'm not naive to think that, that, that there are a lot of churches that are not in that place. There are some churches that are disaffiliating. And, and one of the questions that was brought up during the session on Thursday night here was somebody asked how many. And so being in full transparency because the bishop brought this up, he said 14 to 15 churches in the Northern Illinois Conference. 14 to 15 churches in the Northern Illinois Conference are discerning disaffiliation. That is not to say that they will be disaffiliating. There's actually two that are already back out again uh, because when they took kind of a straw poll vote, they realized that they weren't going to make it. And so they pulled out and they're staying United Methodist. But 14 to 15 out of over 300 in the Northern Illinois Conference. Uh, So just to give you a perspective of where that is. He did also say right at the very beginning, he said no one needs to leave the United Methodist Church. And here is one of the big keys that I, that I think this, uh, this topic comes up today. It's like when we said, we may not all believe alike. John Wesley even said that. But can we not love alike? That we're going to be across the board, theologically, politically, and, and with a number of other things. But can we not love alike? Can we not do the mission of the church? Because we've been doing it for decades, people. I mean, I don't know how I, I, somebody yell out a year. When did, when did Epworth uh, start? And then when did Wesley start? Does anybody have any, does anybody remember the years? 1800s? 18, okay. I'm good with that. 1800s. I mean, that's decades. That's centuries. That we have been fulfilling the mission of the church of making disciples. Can we not focus on that? Some of the other things that, uh, that, he, that he brought up was he, uh, he had mentioned that he says uh, that I will speak well of those whom I differ and relate to all for the building up to the, the unity of the body of Christ. He said, I will be your bishop. Regardless of where you are at theologically, I will be your bishop. Love that. Uh, yes. So there's, there's a lot of things. Actually, what I'm going to do is, is we'll make, I got to make a copy of this uh, and make this available to you so that you can kind of go through all of the different points too so that you have an idea of what, uh, what he said on that evening. But I want to, I want to end his little time here with, with this uh, because he's talking about all these, these differences and misinformation and, uh, and other things that are happening within the denomination. But he says, let's, let's have differences. But let's maintain a stewardship of respect and care for the sake of making Christ known. 
the body of Christ will always be diverse. The body of Christ will always be diverse. Let's have differences, but let's maintain a stewardship of respect and care for the sake of making Christ known. We have differences within our church, but our mission is to make disciples. And so let's go back to our scripture because our scripture tells us that there have always been differences within the church. There's always been divisions. Paul was fighting against all of this. And we heard this, especially in that letter to the church in Corinth. And so I want to read it to you again, but I want to read it to you in, in a little different way. Uh, some of you may recognize a little bit of this, but... Uh, but I want to read 1 Corinthians uh, 3, 1 through 9 again. But listen to it written in this, in this translation. My sacred family members. The first time I came to you, I could not speak to you as I would to the spiritually mature. Instead, I had to speak to you as I would to the unspiritual, as infants in the chosen one. I had to feed you with milk since you were not ready for solid food. Even now, you are not ready. As long as there is jealousy and fighting among you, are you not unspiritual and walking like the weak and broken human beings? When one of you says, I follow small man, who is Paul, and another says, I follow he tears down, which is Apollos, does this not prove that you are walking like weak and broken human beings? Who is, he tears down, who is small man? Only servants with, who, with the help of our honored chief, led you down the path of trusting. I planted the seed, and he tears down, watered it, but it was the great spirit who made it grow. So it does not matter who plants or who waters. What matters is the one who makes the plants grow. The one who plants and the one who waters both share the same purpose. And each will be honored according to how well they have served. For we are working side by side with the help of the great spirit. You are creator's garden where he grows good fruit. And you are the sacred lodge where he has chosen to live. This is the, uh, the First Nations version translation of the New Testament. But a beautiful way to hear this because verse 3 shows our broken humanity. As long as there is jealousy and fighting among you, are you not unspiritual and walking like weak and broken human beings? How are we supposed to live? We are supposed to be pure. We are supposed to be 100% full of God. And we are to be working side by side side by side with people that, that look and believe like us, side by side with people that don't look and don't believe like us. Because we are all part of the body of Christ. Even in our differences, there is unity in the body. Unity in the body. That is what we are. 
And so we're going to bring it back to this title that I have here. Uh, because there was, a, there was a story that was told by, uh, by another pastor at one point that was talking about going to, uh, going to an airport and picking, picking somebody up. Uh, and pick this guy up in his brand new truck, brand new truck, took him back to where he was going, and they had, the, they had this retreat going on, and so uh, his guest was at the retreat. Well, then two or three days later, he goes back to pick him up, and the guy comes out of the retreat and notices two big, nice scratches on the side of his brand new truck. I mean, you can almost smell the newness in this vehicle. And the guy comes out and he says, oh my gosh, what has happened to your truck? It was so beautiful. What happened to it? He goes, oh, my neighbor's basketball hoop tipped over and it fell on my truck. And the guy says, oh, that is horrible. That is absolutely horrible. Did you get all the information? Are you going after him for his insurance? Are you getting it repaired or, or what's going on? And he says, you know, the weird thing is, he says, the guy really didn't feel like he cared that much. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, admission on his behalf and, and other things. He goes, that, that shouldn't happen. You need to sue him. And you need to get all the money that you can. And the guy turns to him and he says, you know what? This has been kind of a spiritual journey for me. He says, because as I was thinking about this, I'm going to have my neighbor... For a lot longer than I'm going to have this truck. And he says, I can either be right or I can be in a relationship. Where is it in your life that you can either be right and insist on your rightness or be in relationship? Because that is what God is calling us to be. God is calling us to be in relationship because the overarching scripture theme is relationships. It's all about God wanting to be in relationship with us. It's God wanting to reconcile that relationship. And he says we are supposed to live as Christ did. That means that we are to live in those reconciled relationships as well. God never appointed us as a judge. God never appointed us as judge. We are to be in relationships and to love our neighbor as ourselves. We can be right or we can be in a relationship. Will you pray with me? Gracious and almighty God, God, some messages incredibly hard to hear. Because God, I know that as we, as we worship you today and as we gather this morning, that there are times now that we are remembering that we had to be right. And in the moment of needing our rightness, we have destroyed a relationship. God, help us to reconcile. Help us to forgive Help us to accept forgiveness. God, help us to truly be in a relationship with everyone. God, as we strive more and more each day to love you and to love our neighbors.
God, thank you. Thank you for placing us here. Thank you for putting us in all of those relationships that we have. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask that you stand in response. And maybe as we are standing and we are singing this song, there's names that are coming to mind for you of who you need to reconcile with. So I'm going to ask that you join in this song and reflect on those people as we ask the Spirit of the living God to fall afresh on us. I trust that God has spoken to your hearts, that God has brought names to mind and ways that you can reconcile relationships so that we don't have to always just be right. And I want to bring this up because Kenny Baker Jr. up in in, uh, North Dakota shares this. If you can't love everyone, how can you love God? What an important question to ask. We are called to love everyone, and we are called to love God. So how can we love God if we don't love all of our neighbors? Oh, thank you, Kenny. Thank you for that wonderful word. There's another sermon all right there. So thank you. As we get ready to go forth, I'm going to invite uh, those of us here in the sanctuary to go across the hall into the community room and share, uh, share in some snacks and some fellowship. Uh, and, uh, and for all of you who are worshiping online, I hope you have a truly wonderful and blessed day as you go forth to whatever other room you happen to be in. Uh, but actually, as you go, go knowing that the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with you. And it goes with you always. Amen.